Hello, hello, hello. We are back from summer break, our impromptu summer break. This is another episode of Fufuem Pap. It's your girl, Ajwa. And Nicole. And, and what is this? This must be our season. I don't know. Let's just make it up. Season three. <laughs> season three, you know, episode. It's a new quarter of the year. We're in September. Weather is cooling down. Um, yeah. Um, Everybody's starting school, right? Yes, the kids are going back and um, parents are excited. I'm sure some parents already have things planned, like <laughs> send the kids off to school. And there's this commercial on TV for I think a, a phone company or whatever. And then the guy literally kicks his kids out the door and locks all the doors with multiple locks, table, chair, everything. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of parents are feeling like that. I'm sure Nicole, you're ready to put Hendrix back. In well, school. my son has been in school since March because right. he was in school and then summer camp and, you know, more like, like for sure for the parents, it's sanity. Your sanity is back, but um, also for the kids, like, what are they going to do at home? You know, if, if possible, it's just like better to have them somewhere else where they're entertained. They have kids around them. They're being educated. Um, but I'm also going back into the office, too. So, yeah, so it's not going to be like a full transition, but we are going back into the office. So that's that's very different. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. My desk at home. So I will you know, I will pray for you as you go out into the the wild. Yes, commuter life again. Yes. I, I will just enjoy life <laughs> in my bed. I know. I have to say that I've really enjoyed working from home mm-hmm. um, just because it's really the time, the time you save, you know. On one hand, like when I was taking the train into work, it's your moment of peace and I can sleep, I can read. I used to watch movies and shows or whatever. Um, listen to podcasts but it's just a different level of I don't know strangeness having to go out you know in the in the world with non-vaccinated and non-vaccinated people and yeah so we'll see for me I like working from home because if at 12 o'clock I feel like I need to take a nap I know take a nap yeah you know, go back to my work. Like I'm not restricted to nine to five. I can work at any time of the day. As long as I'm, I attend the meetings I have to attend or do the programming I need to do, but I'm not, unless it's urgent and, you know, then fine. But there's, I realize that working from home, there's nothing that's that urgent. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I mean, that's the part that I am really, it's going to be hard. I, I'm I'm only going back in two days a week, but you know, it's just, it's that commute. It's that amount of time that you have to, you, you spend getting ready and then driving to the train station hopping on the train. My fear is getting to like, you know, union station oh, where it's going to be the herd of, of buffaloes and like the race to yes. get. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the weather will be good enough for me to just get my walk in or something. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how this all goes. Who knows? They could say, hey, it's a fourth wave and everything has to be shut down again, I right? So one too. That's why they're introducing the vaccine passport. So then it's like if you're not vaccinated, you don't have a passport, too bad you can't go here, go there. Because it's just not it doesn't make sense to shut down the world again. It will be just too detrimental for 
Yeah. Well, I see like in places like Australia, for example, they did go on a lockdown again. And Australia was one of those countries that were like ahead of us in the sense that they kind of like beat it. But they're lockdown for one person. <laughs> really? It was just one person. They had one case of COVID. They locked the country down. <laughs> it was wow. Like, yes. It was one case. We're at 2000 something now, Canada wide. And <laughs> they're opening up the international borders now. So um, it is crazy. But anyways, we have an exciting episode today. I'm really excited about this episode. I hope you are too, Nicole. I am. What a way to come back, right? I know. To yumminess. To yumminess. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Our our guest today is the winner of the Great Canadian Baking Show. And I'm sure you're wondering, why are we featuring someone who won the baking show? Well, guess what? She is Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> so Niger no carry, um, how do they say? I, Niger no they carry last. She won it and she represented and watching the show and all the good gooiness of the show just made me wish that it was we're actually at her house I know instead of behind our computers but um but we will you know hopefully she'll give us the opportunity for us to do that with her in the future and now in our cooking studio you know the one that's being built right now in our imagination yes it is (laughs) it is being built but before she comes on, I just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, Fufu and Pap are changing things up. So really check out our Instagram page. Our YouTube is coming up. We're taking a few trips, at least the rest of the year. Um, so we'll be showing off the places that we're at and showing you places to eat, where to stay. And so, yeah, we're trying to bring more content and locally as well, Nicole and I, if you've noticed some of our Instagram feeds, we've been touring the city, trying different African restaurants. So our way of showcasing African culture and food um, in these segments. Yeah, so that's exciting. We're calling it the African food market, I think. Um, so we'll see how that goes because it's not only going to be restaurants, but we're focusing on, you know, different grocery stores or like catering companies, anything that's related to food, but highlighting African cuisine. So look out for that. And also if, since we want to cater to our black Americans and black Canadians, if there are any soulful, um, soul food or black owned restaurants let us know so we go hit us up on our instagram and let us know that um where to go to eat and also please like and subscribe to our podcast on any of your streaming devices and also follow us at Pupu and pap on instagram so you can get the latest and newest latest and greatest news <laughs> Yeah, so before, um, maybe let's take a quick break before she comes on to our show. So just hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back.
Hi everyone. So we're back from our break and we have our guest today, Rafi Cat, who is the season four winner of the Great Canadian Baking Show. So Rafi Cat, thank you for joining us today. We're thank so you so much excited. for having me. Sorry, Yay. thank you. <laughs> um, so you know, it was it's like again, we're sort of fangirling right now because we saw all your work on the on the show, and like Ajum said, we were want to eat everything that you see on the screen. But um, what we were so curious to know is like we have so many questions, but how you know how does a person go from you know, being an engineer um, or studying within that field and then going to winning this, this show, perhaps you can kind of give us an idea of like how that all came to be and, and sort of like your background with that. Um, well, okay. I grew up in Nigeria, in the north of Nigeria with um, my dad, my mom and my siblings. And my mom was, uh, I would not say like a caterer, but she used to bake and cook for people occasionally so we used to help out with cakes um and then we we kind of stopped we the life got in the way and we stopped baking until mm -hmm. 2008 when I went for a master's degree in the UK and I ended up in one of these stores where I I, I found a cheap hand mixer so I bought <laughs> the hand mixer and a bowl and the baking pan and I got to my room and I dropped it and I forgot about it. And then maybe a day or two later, I was like, oh, wait, I bought this. So I went into my dorm kitchen and I had two eggs. I had half a stick of butter. I had like some flour. So I knocked up this really tiny lemon cake and I was like, oh, wow, that was really nice. <laughs> so the next day I baked a coffee cake and that was really nice. And let's just say I've been baking since then. So I was doing a master's in wireless communications and um, wireless communication systems, but I have not stopped baking since that first lemon cake. That's amazing. Did I, you? That's my favorite kind of cake, lemon cake. So when you said it, like I'm just sitting here and I'm like, oh gosh. I'm and and actually, <laughs> mine is coffee cake. Like I love, I love me some coffee cake. So that's so funny. So how is it that? Um, so when what? prompted you i mean you've been baking since you know forever but what made you want to go onto the great canadian baking show like what motivated you um well i used to watch the british one with my sisters we came across it by accident on tv one day and we just absolutely fell in love with the show mm -hmm. so when i moved to canada um before i got a job of course i was in between applying i was always watching tv and then i saw the great canadian baking show so i like excitedly told my sisters like they have a canadian one and she said <laughs> apply and i was like you're crazy absolutely not i'm not applying <laughs> so she she insisted she was on my case she said just apply the the worst they'll say is no so this was in 2019 i went to their website and i was like applications have closed so i told her i was like applications have closed and she said apply anyway and i was like fine okay whatever so I did, I sent in the application and I promptly forgot about it. And then, sorry, that was 20, 2018. Sorry, I tell you life, 2018. In 2019, they called me. Somebody called me and said, hi, am I speaking to Rafikat? Yes, uh, my name is, I can't remember his name, from the Great Canada Baking Show. We got your application and I was like, what? Wow. Are you serious? And they said, okay, because I applied after the applications have closed, I should just fill in a new form and they'd be in touch. 
Um, I did a phone interview. I did a virtual interview with them. Uh, sorry, uh, an in-person um, audition and actually got cast. They said, they, we want you on the show. That was for season three. Unfortunately, at the time, well, not unfortunately, but as luck would have it, I was six months pregnant at the time. Oh. And the filming day for the <laughs> last episode coincided with my EDD. Oh. And they said we can't have you on the show that it's a lot of work. It's intense. I was like, but I want to, I can't do it. And they said, absolutely not. Insurance would not let them do it. Exactly. But that they would be in touch if they were doing another season. So I was like, okay, it wasn't meant to be. And I let it go. And then I, I was, I kept an eye on like the website and stuff. And I saw that they were casting for season four. And I told my sister, I was like, they said they would get in touch with me for season four and they haven't. So I guess they're no longer interested. And then she said, apply again. I was like, <laughs> okay, if you insist. So I did apply again. And they were so excited to hear from me. They were like, we're so glad you, you put an application again this year. So happy to hear from you. Can we do a Zoom audition, which I did? And then they said they wanted me to be in season four. So that was how I ended up being on the show wow. for real this time. <laughs> well, that's amazing that your sister too was like a big part, an integral part of like getting you <laughs> yes, to, she wouldn't let to me. apply. I probably, if I hadn't filled the form, she would have probably filled it from Nigeria and sent it in my <laughs> name. <laughs> well, and so for the audition, you know, interestingly enough, like we, you know, did they, do they ask you to, to make anything or is it really just based off yeah. of no no for the for the in-person audition we had to take something that we made from home and then we did a mini technical on site okay yeah so for i remember for the first one i took meat pies and we had to make um biscuits like the fluffy ones you get with popeye's chicken so okay, we, yeah. we got mm-hmm. we got the ingredients and we didn't get a recipe we just got the ingredients and they said make 12 biscuits so we had to do that wow. in, in 30 minutes which believe it or not was the first time I was, ever, I was ever making them I had never made them before but I used I used to see lots of recipes so I knew how to do it but when they said biscuits I was like oh, okay <laughs> and then for the for the virtual one the zoom one that we did in 20 20 that one was um we had to make a huge showstopper cake and then we had to bake something while they watched so they watched us bake a tart tartan and then mm-hmm. we also had to while that was in the oven we had to present our showstopper cakes to them tell them about the flavors the technique the design anything mm-hmm. about it yeah that's so exciting and i'm just wondering like with you being on the show and all that baking, especially the in-person one, what happens to the rest of it? <laughs> for for the uh, audition that we did, the audition, in-person audition. And also during the show. Because during the show, okay. That big cake, the mirror cake that you had to make. <laughs> I mean, I saw it and then they take this one slice and I'm like, so where are they taking it? <laughs> Can you take it home? What happened? We didn't take it home. In previous seasons, the bakers and the crew and every other person would eat. They never, nothing was ever left over. But because of COVID, yeah, they said it was, it was probably better not to do that. So everything ended up in the garbage. Yeah, oh. I mean, for say, for I can yeah. imagine for COVID reasons, oh, it, was, it was painful. It was oh. really painful. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was necessary. <laughs> As I sit here, because I'm like, 
all that deliciousness looking at the cakes and how moist they are the cookies and then it's just going into the garbage damn covid sucks. <laughs> covid sucks covid Jesus. sucks well what what do you on, on the show um what would you say was like the most i mean you won the show so of course everything that maybe appeared to be a challenge like you won so i'm sure you overcame all those challenges but what do you think was like the hardest maybe uh dessert to make or what did you feel like you had the most sort of challenges with um i had i had a few challenges a few i say a few everything was a challenge with the pretzels <laughs> i did not enjoy i did not enjoy the pretzels at all because <laughs> i had never made them before and i just i didn't get the dough right so they were falling apart when i was trying to soak them in the um alkali water that gives them that deep brown color i had a really really rough time with that um with the Canoncini for episode four, the Italian puff pastry, it was so difficult because it was such a hot day and the butter was leaking out <laughs> as we were folding it. We all had a really hard time with that one. Um, generally, the technicals, I did not enjoy right. uh, on, on a whole. I did not enjoy them at all. Like I, I knew they were bad from watching it on TV, but being in it, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> environment because they give you this time limit and you know i'm sitting here watching it and then i see that the hosts go around and they're talking to you and for me that would annoy me because i'm like i need to concentrate and then you're here you are talking in the background telling me what are you doing what are you doing so i guess it's all part of it but i i i don't blame you that it was hard it was it was it was hard it was really hard and like you said they are coming but they were really so nice they was it was hard to you you could you couldn't be rude you just had to engage because they were really really lovely they were just trying to find out what you were doing so that people at home know what it is that you actually what it is actually trying to achieve so it was it was it was really high high pressure and very stressful but like it was an experience that i will never forget and you know it's it, we don't think about because the way they edit it on the show but we don't think about like environmental factors the temperature like you said that day the butter leaked you know we're not thinking that it looks perfect on on the way that we see it but i know that for the for the biscuits i just keep thinking about if i were to do that it would be so dense it would be like so hard. <laughs> i'm definitely not a baker Ajwa, are you a baker do you bake um, there's there are things that i can bake but i'm definitely i i wouldn't be able to open a, a bakery no i could definitely do a boxed cake and that's yeah. that that's the <laughs> that's the extent of it. Yeah. But um, are you? Would you say like actually? Do you have um, a, a catering company or like have you pursued the baking um, more so now after the show or was that something you did before? Um, it's always been a hobby slash passion. So even back home in Nigeria, I used to make cakes for friends and friends of friends, but it was not like a business business. I don't have ads. Um, I'm not like trying to open a bakery or anything like that. I still have my day job that I do. So okay. the baking is still very much something I do on the side as a passion project. I, I don't have the the time or the space or the bandwidth to pursue it fully yet. I hope to even eventually but not just yet. 
Yeah, because it does take, you know, it is like you said, it's a passion that you're doing it. But yeah, can you? I, it's it is. It would just take so much of your of your time, energy, focus. And I did a little creeping on your Instagram, so I know that you do have two kids. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that for sure that takes up a lot of time raising mm-hmm. children and all that. Yeah. But your your yeah. family must have been so proud of you um you know so like are you and and at work too I'm sure everybody was really excited that they're they're working with the the champ kind of thing so I do have a colleague that keeps calling me the champ even though I have asked him to stop (laughs) (laughs) you're like I I didn't I didn't fight in a boxing match I I mean I baked some cake (laughs) So did you have to take time off work or like how did it go like or you were working alongside doing this I I would have had to if it had come earlier but I had I was I, I had been laid off in 2018 mm. I was pregnant in 2019 and I was just coming off maternity leave when the show started so I did not luckily have to explain anything to a boss or a manager I just, I went on my own time and I got back home from the show on a Saturday and I started a new job on the Monday. I got the job while we were filming the show. So that was really, really good because I had been looking. After I had my son, I was looking for a job. I was tired of being at home and everything. So that was just like the icing on the cake to be able to compete on the show. Because I was just imagining if I had gotten it maybe a, a month before the show. Yeah. And then I'm telling my boss, I need six weeks off. She'll be like, okay, just don't come back. Just go and don't come yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> well, look how look how it all panned out because yes. you weren't able to do it the year before. But you know, if who knows you if you would have if it would have worked out so well for you if, yeah, exactly. if you did it that year so exactly Bob works in mysterious ways because he, he does he, he plans everything and yes you yes. don't understand it when we're in it but then when you fit you're like oh wait like yes exactly exactly <laughs> that's amazing so I saw something on the show that made me see a side of I don't know you I'm this is my first time meeting you but it it really warmed up warmed you um you weren't like uh, ugh, how do I say it? <laughs> I really warmed up to you was when I think his name is it Bernie or Bertie? Bertie, yeah. Bertie, when he had his his icing, his buttercream just wasn't working for him and he was in tears. You ran over to him, took your buttercream and gave it to him. What was going through your head that time? Like this is your competitor, and you decided to do the most gracious, kindest thing ever to assist this person. Is this something that you, was it just something instinctive of you to do? Or was it just like, I have excess, might as well give it to him. Cause you, you just didn't, you also piped it onto it, onto the cake for him. What was going through your head at that time? Um, okay. Actually it was his buttercream, but his mirror glaze was boiling over and he he was running out of time. So I, what I, I went to help him like get the cakes assembled so he could do something and have something to give to the judges. But, um, like you said, like, like you're asking is not, I wouldn't say it's instinctive. Any one of us would have done that for him if they if they had the chance at the time the reason I was able to I was the one doing because I had finished mine up to a point and I had a bit of time to spare if any other if any of the other bakers had seen it that they would have also they would have also helped that is just how the show is well 
we're not there to compete against each other, right? You're just there to bake the best you can and hope the judges like it. There's, they are not comparing you because you, you notice when they give critiques, they don't compare your cake to somebody else's cake. They judge your cake based on its own merits. Mm-hmm. So you are never competing against anyone but yourself. They're just there to do your best. And if you can help someone else do their best, I mean, why not? Right. It's very, it was very um, endearing to see that because oftentimes on these shows, like it is, it's the drama that sometimes creates the energy of the show. But what was it like actually being, was this your first time on TV, by the way? Yes. <laughs> My first time <laughs> anywhere near anything like that. <laughs> and, and like, what was that experience? Was how, what was that experience like? Like it, to me, I imagine the days were long and sort of like recording and things like that. But um, how, how did that all pan out for it, you? It was like you said, the days were very long. We had, um, we had to be outside the hotel ready to go at 5:45 every morning um in the early days when there were still 10 of us nine of us eight of us would be back at the hotel 8 p.m 9 p.m a full day on set like um everything takes longer than it does for sure when they're filming um if there's a plane going over for instance we'd have to stop recording everybody stops talking so because the microphones are so sensitive they'll pick up that sound um the putting on the microphones, the testing, making sure that everybody's mics are on. There's a lot of it going on behind the scenes. There's literally a thousand things that we we don't see watching a TV show. And that now when I'm watching even an unrelated show, I'm watching maybe The Resident or The Rookie. I'm like, I know how they did that. I know what's happening there, you know, because I'm like the TV expert in the house now. I know what's happening behind the scenes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's all the things we definitely don't see. And they, they mm. edit it so seem, seem, seamlessly. So, yes, yes. You know? Yeah. How, now that you've won this, you are a Nigerian. You're still, I'm sure, very connected to Nigeria and all of that. I don't know if they had the, I know, I don't know if they show this on DSTV in, in Nigeria, but how did you get any, like, did was a Nigerian newspaper co- contact you or what like did it the news go did the news get back home that you've won other than your obviously your family but did it was there noise about it in Nigeria there, there was a bit of noise it was in one of the national papers um and I did get I got contacted by one of the national papers and um, quite a few Nigerian bloggers and um, Twitter big people uh, mentioned it <laughs> so it, it was people heard about it in nigeria and um my town my my town i have i come from a very small town in north western uh, nigeria and all the all the whatsapp groups had it that somebody from offer won this big baking show in canada <laughs> and all sorts of people would call me and say we would say i know her i know her family i know who she is oh, you know, nice. kind of. so it, it was really fun the 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 support and the love was out of this world it was insane the day the show aired, the day the final aired i I, I can't remember what happened. I got so many messages that I tried to respond to before I went to bed. And when I woke up, my Instagram DMs were a mess. 
they were in a shambles. But I'm the kind of person that cannot leave messages unanswered. Unread. It is a flaw that drives my husband nuts. So I spent the whole of, I spent like three hours clearing the messages. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I made sure every message was read and answered. And it was, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe the, like the outpouring of support and love was, it was insane. Cause I was actually quite nervous when the, when it was getting closer and closer to the show airing, especially since I already knew that I won. I was like, I don't know if people will think, if people will think I deserve this. I'm sure people will think I didn't deserve it. I'm sure people will think. I was so sure. I was like, on the day of the finale, I was actually shaking. I was like, that's it. People are going to hate me now. People are going to say, (laughs) people are going to say, why why did she win? You you definitely looked very shocked when you won. Like what they showed us on TV, you know, you were so surprised that it was was. Oh my gosh, you're so deserving of that. You know, I'm sure now you I hope you feel that now that you're fully deserving but I can I can understand especially you know you're going to be it's like it's on tv and then there's the social media piece too there's you know internet bullies and and all these sorts of things that come with just being on social media so I can I can understand that yeah especially since I was like Bruno always said I was doing classical things I was doing chocolate and orange and almond so I felt like maybe what I was making was not interesting enough mm-hmm. so I, I was feeling that okay if because if, if, if like Africans generally I'm not sure about North Africans I know North Africa Africans have a lot of desserts but West Africa we're not really big on desserts our desserts are western inspired Mm -hmm. and the best we can do is try to infuse a little bit of nigerian Mm -hmm. flavors maybe some i don't even know what's a nigerian dessert flavor (laughs) i mean so sorry you use tiger nuts in nigeria we do we do we do use tiger nuts yeah so okay something like that maybe making a tiger nuts kind of cookie or something like that it's not dessert is not really a huge thing so it was hard for me to try to showcase nigerian flavor so i felt the best i could do was stick with classic and do it as best as i could but then of course secondhand is guessing yourself kicks in and like that was not enough that wasn't enough especially when there are other interesting flavors that other people are doing so that was why i was kind of shaky about the whole thing but um i'm glad it all worked out how it did yeah i mean you know one thing like i I, adra i'm sure you do too like we watch a lot of these cooking shows and all that kind of stuff i feel like it's definitely changing with judges and their palates because i feel before it always used to be based off of like french cuisine or french pastry and stuff like that and i think it's it's definitely expanding in flavor palettes amongst judges and i just think of the episode with the bunt cake and like how some some people use some really interesting like i think one guy used like avocado in his mm-hmm. bun cake you know like mm-hmm. really interesting concoctions mm-hmm. but yeah. you know i was thinking too like as far as what you have access to on set like do you just have access to all sorts of ingredients or like was it really a, a multitude of choices when it comes to that the culinary team on that show are amazing 
they are completely, they are like the best people. If you tell them that you need a special kind of leaf that only grows in the Amazon forest, <laughs> they will find it for you. <laughs> they want you to succeed and they will give you everything that you need to succeed. Yeah. So like you can request a particular brand of something like I need this particular kind of wafer paper from this company and they will find that for you. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there were, there were something else they were spectacular on that show. That's, and, you, and you just had to kind of like for the techniques that you knew um, versus the ones you didn't know, you just kind of had to learn as you went kind of thing. Wow. yeah yeah That's a, that is amazing <laughs> that is amazing so since you won have you received like opportunities to like go on to tv or do commercials or um do you have an agent do you have a publicist <laughs> like can we be your agent and publicist? <laughs> yes please yes please <laughs> i have i haven't done anything like that actually um at this point uh i'm i'm open to it i don't mind but nothing like that has really presented itself i i don't have an agent because like i said nothing has come up so i don't i haven't had the need for one um but yeah, I'm open to any opportunities for anything like that if they come along for sure. Is it um just um with regards to that, does the does the show also like do they say you you're free? Because I know sometimes you're based on the, you know, you there's certain things you can't do and what's not, but now is it you have free reign to just put yourself out there and do as you please, or do you have like a one year or yeah, we we do have a, we do have a period that we are beholden to the show for, but I do I have to check my contract. I think it is one year, mm. but I would have to check. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that that's great. Maybe we'll see like a YouTube channel if you have one or don't have one. I know it's a lot of it is very time consuming, but this is my sister. This this my sister, the same sister. Yeah. Who happens to look exactly like me, but 10 years younger, is always <laughs> on my case about a YouTube channel or an IGTV show or something. Yes. And I'm like, I can't do it yet. I know. <laughs> I'm struggling with reels enough as it is and like trying to post <laughs> regular content. Yeah. They want me to add videos to it. I would like to. I would really, really like to. And I feel like it's just me trying to get the rest of my personal life in order. but like there is a lot of behind the scenes work with like posting content content creators like i tip my hat to them there's all the thinking of the content filming of the content editing of the content cleaning up after you've made the content that is a very (laughs) big big thing a very big part of it so yeah um I i would like to i would really like to do it but for now maybe maybe in a few months when i have more of my things in order my my son currently goes to daycare but while he's at daycare i'm working so when he gets back he demands all my attention i don't have time to do anything else (laughs) so maybe when he's a little bit older and doesn't need me as much maybe i can i can manage it then yeah and i see that your your daughter is like your little helper um when you have been doing those things i saw this interview that you did with the globe and mail where you were teaching them how to make something so i saw that your daughter was also your helper in that so i'm has she taken like a keen interest 
um, since. <laughs> she has, even before then. I don't know if you know this lady, Yolanda Gam, of How to Kick oh, It. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, of course. My daughter is her number one fan. Really? My daughter loves Yolanda. So even before I went on the show, when we got to Canada, for some reason, I don't know how she... Okay, I was watching the channel and she came and said, mommy, what are you watching? And then she watched it and she has been, she, she watches how to kick it at least one episode every day. Wow. So even before then, she tells me about stuff. If I try to cut a corner with someone, she be like, did you crumb coat and chill that cake before you put on the final coat? And I'm like, just go away. <laughs> so she has always had the interest. But That's now that great. she's older, she's able to actually participate and help me out with some things. Right. So yeah. she, if, if I'm doing maybe like a friend's cake, not anything really elevated, she can help me fill in the piping bags. She helps me pipe flowers onto parchment paper. Yeah, they, they are I, like they are not perfect, but at least she gets to um, handle the piping bag and see what it feels like. Experiments with pressure, stuff like that. Yeah. She has been bugging me to bake her a cake so she can practice palette knife painting that's amazing so we're going to do that she helps me with as if i'm baking she wants to help so i'm really glad about that it's it's a very useful skill to have i feel as if there's so many things you can carry over from baking like attention to detail and precision and things that will that can help you in other other um, aspects of life my son is at the door banging to be let in (laughs) so i totally understand (laughs) He's totally distracted me now, but um, my son literally just had a bath, so he's running around naked. <laughs> I don't yep. want anybody. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. No I thought that the, the door was blocked. So <laughs> it wasn't, but um, do you have, I know that you said in a couple of months you hope to have perhaps like a YouTube channel um, or maybe the, w- what you could per- perhaps end off with is, do you have any tips for anybody that is wanting to get onto something like a reality show or a show or anything of that nature? What would you sort of give advice um, for people interested in that? The biggest piece of advice and the thing I found that served me best on the show was knowledge, having a wide base of baking knowledge so even if you have never seen the thing or even if you've never made the thing if you've seen it and you've read the recipe for it or you know what it's supposed to look like that is literally half the battle in, on on the great canadian baking show especially for the technicals having a great base of baking knowledge also helps you when it's time to troubleshoot and a mistake you've had uh, uh, sorry a mistake that you've made or when something is not going right if you know what everything does in your recipe you will know what has failed when something doesn't go like you expect and you will know how to potentially fix it if you have the time um so that is the biggest piece of advice i'll give you when when we're in nigeria when i was still in nigeria i used to bake a lot like i said i baked every weekend without fail and i always tried to bake things i'd never made before but there are some things that no matter how much i wanted to make them i couldn't find the ingredients in nigeria so i used to read a lot if you check my browser history back then it would be this 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 substitute this 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 make at home this 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 homemade you know and because of that it made me 
I had to critically think about what each ingredient was doing and if it was even possible to substitute it in the first place. So um, having just that background residual knowledge about things, even like the biscuits, like I said, I've never made them before, but I, I have, I had several recipes of them pinned. I'd read several um, blogs about how to make them. So no knowledge is wasted when it comes to baking. You are scrolling through something. It looks interesting. Click it, read the recipe and forget about it. It's still in there somewhere. It's still in your brain somewhere and your brain will pull it out when it needs, when it needs to. So don't stop reading, practice as much as you can and um, just keep, keep at it. If, if you get on the show, you, you go far if you do all those is uh speaking about substitutes because that's something i'm sh- like I, I don't know do you think i don't think about so i'm thinking something to make it sweet sugar or brown sugar or, or honey you know but um can you maybe demystify this myth for me is it true to make something fluffy you would need something like club soda does club soda help it actually fluff it out it depends on the thing are you talking about like a cake I'm thinking of the biscuit. Like I don't know. The biggest thing with the biscuits is a light hand, right? Mm. So you don't want you want your butter to to stay in in discernible pieces so that when it melts, because butter is a mixture of fat and water, right? You put it in an oven at high temperature, the water evaporates. But because it's encased with dough, the steam has nowhere to go. So it forces the dough to rise. And that's what makes it fluffy. So adding club soda is not, is not necessarily going to do anything for your biscuits. What you need is probably um, a leavener like baking powder or baking soda. Um, so if you add those leaveners, a light hand while you're combining your butter, fold it to give it several layers, and then you cut it out, bake it in a really, really hot oven. You will have very nice, tall fluffy biscuits you know i knew there was soda in the word maybe yeah. I'm baking soda, baking soda. Club soda. <laughs> yeah i think club soda isn't the drink <laughs> i know i would have lost the show in the first episode putting club soda in my biscuits <laughs> maybe you should do baking one-on-one for new people who are learning that would be a great because a lot of people don't know like it's it's and i know you can't with sometimes you're making things and you're like oh you just being for me being a Ghanaian when we cook is like the ancestors talk to you and they tell you how much you should put into but with baking it's the one thing you have to know how you have to measure yes exactly that is why my my immediate younger sister she doesn't bake because she's more of a wing it kind of person so I I cook the exactly the way you cook Mm -hmm. somebody asked me first before jello fries and I was like uh I can't help you. I can't help you, bro. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can do it for you and you can I can do it for you and show you, but and I can tell you what it's supposed to taste like, but one teaspoon of thyme. One teaspoon of chili. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't do it. I, I don't have that. But for baking, you have to do yeah. that. And my sister, she's a very good cook, but she also likes to wing it when she bakes. So we, we stopped baking together because we used to almost come to punches like, no, you can't do that. You have to, <laughs> you have to measure the baking powder. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like why can't i just eye the baking powder no you can't do that no don't do that because <laughs> yeah. i'm the type of person i'll look at a recipe okay i'll figure okay does it okay put it in so whenever i bake it either either drops or it's too big or it's too dense and so i'm just like okay box cake or go to the store pillsbury dough boy buy that for biscuits <laughs> 
<laughs> that's why that's why knowing what's in which ingredient what each ingredient does it's so important because that's yeah. that's where you know where you can substitute so if something is in it like if you have chocolate chips in a recipe for instance you can easily swap that out for white chocolate or toffee chips or caramel chips or leave it out altogether but if a recipe has baking powder you cannot substitute it for baking soda because they <laughs> perform two different, different ways. Yeah, yeah they yeah. do two, two, two different things. There are some things that you can increase, like in a cookie recipe, if you feel like you could use a little bit more salt instead of a quarter teaspoon, you can put in half a teaspoon. It elevates your cookie, makes it taste better. But increasing the amount of baking powder in a cookie will give you a cakey cookie, not a cookie-like texture. A crumble cookie. Yeah, yeah a crumble yeah. cookie. So it's, it's really a science. You know, it really, it really is. is. A science, it really yeah. is. I I came up with the saying. Although I I I have this niggling feeling that I might have read it somewhere, but I feel like <laughs> I invented it. That before you can make baking an art, you must first have it down to a science. Yes, so definitely. before you can make it, before you can make all the fancy, beautiful, delicious things with different out there flavors, you must first understand baking as a science. Yes. Only then can you make it into an art form. You can substitute that saying into our lives, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Our general> lives. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Like this was so, it was such a pleasure. And so um, it was such a pleasure to to talk to you about your experience. But also, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm a little hungry. I'm drooling at the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like, I wish that this was really in person because seeing you bake I was like I want to try her her baked goods because yeah I, definitely I, 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 do, do you feel like you're you're like a judge now like do you watch I think is there a season five do you watch the show and kind of like critique <laughs> you and your daughter I, watch it together and critique my daughter critiques I am like I totally know what is happening and I empathize. I don't judge anybody on any cooking shows now because I'm like yeah. I feel you, bro. I know I know exactly <laughs> what you're going through. And then you know the funniest thing, my daughter judges me. Yeah. When I bake something, she tastes it. I'm like I like the pop of salt in this, but I feel like you have added a bit more coffee, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay or i'll make a chocolate decoration and she comes and picks one up and she cracks it and says yep it's tempered properly it's wow. not and i'm like that's amazing <laughs> how old is your daughter she's going to be seven in november oh my gosh that's amazing she can tell when chocolate is tempered she can we watched the great chocolate showdown together oh so she's like she's every time i make anything chocolate she helps me test if it snaps and i'm just like Okay, I give up. <laughs> Thank you so much again for your time coming on our show and um, sharing your your experience with us. Um, I am just so grateful for you and um, we hope we get to see you in other things as well or at least on YouTube soon or something so that we can still keep drooling over your cakes. And I'll keep you know watching you on instagram at least because at least i see what you put on there and then cry in my sleep that i don't get to try it <laughs> thank you both so much this was so nice um i had a really rough day so this was like oh, a very goodness. nice way yeah a really nice way to kind of decompress from all the stress of the day so thank mm. you so much i really appreciate you both having me on the show well thank you and we hope that you have a better evening we're happy that we were able to <laughs> 
make have a little bit of laughs this evening so yes, so yes. Thank, thank you so you. much again thanks so much yeah.